Not afraid to tell it like it is. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon till 3 on AM 900 CHML. All right, we certainly uh, have seen the evidence of uh, the horrific crash that we saw on the 400 Highway uh, just a couple of days ago. A horrific fire and, um, and, and death and carnage that uh, ensued. And it is a lot of people questioning uh, if our truck drivers in Ontario are properly trained. People who want to become truck drivers in Ontario, as a result, will now have to undergo mandatory entry-level training. Uh, our transportation minister, of course, has uh, stepped up uh, what is going to be needed if you want to get behind the wheel of a tractor trailer. Drivers will have to study at provincially licensed schools, uh, and it's certainly about time. Brad, uh, David Bradley is with us. David Bradley is the CEO of the Ontario Trucking Association and is with us now. Good afternoon, David. How are you today? I'm very well, Scott. Thanks. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Explain to everybody what the Ontario Trucking Association is all about. We represent uh, trucking companies uh, in Ontario. We've got about 1,100 members, and we've been advocating. We are the advocates for mandatory speed limiters. We're, ma- we're the advocates for mandatory electronic logging devices, and we were also the people that were advocating for initially for mandatory entry-level training. So yesterday was a very good day, and we congratulate the Minister of Transportation on the job that he and his folks have done working with us over the last couple of years to make it happen. Do you have any more information or can tell us anything more about this horrific accident that happened as far as cause or anything like that? No. No, those uh, sorts of issues are are under investigation uh, by the police, and I don't think we should jump to any conclusions. Uh, if uh, there was something untoward, we expect the full force of the law will be brought to bear. But, to, you know, I'm not in a position to link it to, I don't know what the guy's training was or wasn't or anything else about the situation. How, how long has this been a discussion? Because it seems whenever there is a horrific accident like this, this topic comes up. Why do you think we're finally uh, making changes now? Has this been needed for a long time? Well, I think it has, but by the same token, you have to balance that off with the fact that while we do, uh, you know, see these horrific uh, tragedies occur, on the most, for the most part, truck drivers and trucks are by far the safest vehicles on the uh, on the highways. And I think for many years, uh, the industry had access to people, a lot of kids off the farm, for example, who had probably been driving in some fashion or another since they were 14 years old and were used to being around heavy equipment and and that sort of thing could very easily move into the occupation. Those sorts of people just don't exist anymore. And in recent years, we're finding it's been more and more difficult to attract people to the industry. And we've been very concerned about the lack of consistency of what's been coming out of the driving schools. There are some good driving schools that turn out very good uh, candidates that a trucking company can then take and turn into, mold into a professional truck driver over time. Uh, And then the other end of the spectrum, there are what we call the license mills, who will give somebody just enough instruction uh, to be able to pass the Class A driver's test. They do that, and no reputable trucking company will will touch them, uh, or they'll end up going to a fly-by-night operation. So that's what we're trying to, uh, to tackle here by bringing in a consistent standard 
standard so that the industry, the employers, and particularly the responsible employers, know that this person has a basic level of, of competency. Also, what's going to change as a result of this is the Class A test will be changing in order to be consistent with the standard. So I think this is good news all around, and I'm not so concerned anymore about why it took so long. The fact is it's here and that Ontario is the first in uh, Canada to introduce such a measure. Uh, what do you have to do to get a license to drive a tractor-trailer now in Ontario prior to these uh, new regulations? Well, theoretically, you could uh, walk in off the street if uh, anybody is uh, foolish enough to lend you a truck and uh, provided that you can uh, make it around the course and uh, do the uh, some rudimentary questions. Uh, you'll get your Class A test. There's no requirement for entry-level training. What was announced yesterday is now before someone can challenge the Class A test. In other words, before they can do the road test, they have to have been through an approved training program that's been established basically by industry. You know, we're the ones that know what we need in terms of safe drivers and what that basic entry-level skill should be. So we worked very closely with the provincial government to establish it. Now you're going to have to take that to- that course, and the course is going to be a minimum of 103 and a half uh, hours. Uh, it's probably going to cost in the order of four to five thousand uh, dollars. So we're going to need to uh, to have some funding in place for students and that sort of thing. But the uh, opportunity to go pay a few hundred bucks and get some basic instruction past the test is going to be finished. Uh, will it be difficult to uh, to regulate and approve and, and not approve these schools and, and enforce all of this? How will that start? No, I, I, well, it, I mean, any law is only as good as the, uh, the enforcement. And uh, the MTO, uh, the Ministry of Transportation, and the Ministry of Training uh, have been working together, and there's going to be uh, an audit uh, process. And, uh, you know, at this point, I'm uh, satisfied in terms of what they're, they're coming up with to make sure that this works. So they this was have- really intended to get those puppy mills mm-hmm. to either clean up their act or get out of the business. So the MTO would have a list of all these schools that are registered? In, yeah, in- they'll have to register. They'll have to show that they're using the curriculum, that their instructors are, are properly qualified to provide the instruction, all of those sorts of things. Those details will become clearer over the course of the next year uh, because the program will officially launch July 1st, 2017. Do you think this will take care of the issue? Do you think it will be easy, uh, possible to get around this in some way? I, I certainly hope not. I don't think so. One of the issues that we're looking at, for example, because it's just Ontario at this point, is how do we prevent uh, licensed shopping? So, for example, where somebody might go to uh, Manitoba or Quebec where they don't have uh, the same system and get their their license, and we think there's ways to uh, to deal with that. Um, you know, we're not going to be able to fix what already is done. Uh, you know, drivers that have their license today, we're not going to be able to go back and uh, and retest them. Right. Now, I think this is just the start of a longer-term process of lifelong learning and review and skill development, so I think that will, will help. But I think the fact that Ontario has gone now, I know for a fact that a number of the other provinces are now taking 
taking a very close look at uh, what Ontario is doing. And the United States, the fed- federally, is moving towards some sort of uh, mandatory training requirement. We don't know what that will be yet. So I think things are, are on the move. Ontario is leading. Uh, we're hopeful it won't take the other jurisdictions very long to, to come on side and harmonize. How do we compare to the states and to other provinces? Are, is there that much difference between states and other provinces? Well, there will be. Uh, we'll be the only jurisdiction that has a mandatory element of training. Really? Uh, no other mm-hmm. jurisdiction has uh, any mandatory training, which, you know, again, uh, it, it sounds uh, bizarre in some ways, but things evolve, the industry has evolved, and uh, I'm glad Ontario's moving forward. Many say even drivers who have been driving, uh, you know, passenger vehicles over a period of time should be retested, which that's an ongoing debate. Should truck drivers be retested maybe 10, 20 years into their career? Well, I think that should be based on performance and uh, competency before we would uh, say, yes, we should do that. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, companies uh, and now the the ability to monitor driver behavior and that sort of thing is so much better than it was that most of the companies are doing that sort of uh, remedial uh, type of review notwithstanding. And I think that should be it. I don't think there's much uh, point in taking a driver that's had three million uh, miles without a a collision and have to put him through a a test, but there are no doubt some that uh, could benefit from that. How extensive is the road test uh, right now, David, to go out and and, and get your license? Uh, Is it possible that bad ones are slipping through, and is that test going to be altered at all as this moves forward? Yes, the test is is going to be altered. It's going to become consistent with the new uh, with the new training standard, and uh, so we will see the details will be coming out on the new training standard next week, and the test uh, will follow sometime over the next few months. But I suspect you'll see some of the things that are somewhat uh, superfluous and more administrative coming out of the test, and more time being spent uh, in terms of the actual hands-on-the-wheel type of uh, uh, type of testing. You know, there, there are issues, uh, no doubt, in terms of the fact that uh, we don't have uh, uh, the 401 and the kind of, uh, of congestion conditions, for example, uh, in all of the testing centers in Ontario. You go up north and you're going to have a different set of uh, circumstances than you would in the south. Right. So there's always those, uh, those sorts of issues. Uh, issues. Uh, But uh, again, I think that we're going to come to a more competency-based, a more measurable, a more observable situation, both in terms of training and in terms of testing. And that's a good thing. Uh, What about more than 100 hours? Is is that too low? There is one of the schools that commented that, you know, it should be 200 hours. Well, uh, I guess it depends what uh, what you're teaching. Uh, but what we're doing here is we focused on what the basic entry-level competency should be. So certainly there will be those training schools who will offer more than that, and there will be trucking companies that will 
purchase and drivers that will purchase more than that. There's nothing, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but you know, one has to look at how some of the training has been provided now and the hours that and how they're used. For example, right now you can have up to four people in a cab while training is going on with only one guy with his hands on the wheel, mm. yet everybody in that cab gets credit for that time for being on the road or in the yard. That makes no sense. So one of the things that is going to be changing is now any of the hands-on-the-wheel training has to be one-on-one, one student, one instructor. So we're actually getting more bang for the buck in terms of training than currently is the case. So I don't, uh, I don't buy those, uh, <clears throat> those arguments. I think that, uh, again, uh, those that wish to, uh, this is a minimum level of training, but you've got people out there now who are getting virtually no training or a very small amount of training, and that's what we're trying to prevent. Uh, why do you think we were seeing so many licensing mills? Just because? Do you think because obviously we've heard over the years that a lot of truck drivers are retiring? There's turning. There's a big turnover in the in the industry right now, and as you mentioned, a shortage of drivers and trying to get new people on board. Is this an opportunistic time for them? I guess? Well, there's that, but I think really what it comes down to is that there was a regulated segment of the training institutions and an unregulated uh, segment. Um, you know, and the cutoff was uh, on, based on price. So anything, if you charge over $1,000, you had to be regulated. Anything under $1,000, you didn't have to be regulated. That makes very little sense. That aspect didn't make sense 10 years ago, and it doesn't today. Everyone should be regulated that's in that business so that we are teaching to a common standard. Uh, And you can only see how this is in the best interest of the trucking companies, obviously. Well, uh, certainly it's going to improve safety, we think, and whether you cause an accident or are involved in one and have your truck tied up for several hours, uh, that sort of thing, so there's a, certainly safety is, is good business. But we also think it's going to elevate the profession in terms of the way it's classified and the way it's perceived, which currently is, as to, in too many people's eyes, as a low-skill occupation, which it is not. To operate a tractor-trailer safely and productively takes one heck of a lot of skill. We should not be classified or looked upon as having the same level as burger flippers. No offense to, uh, to burger flippers. So by introducing mandatory entry level training, we think that's a precursor and a foundation for elevating that status of the profession. And in so doing, we think that we will not only attract a better quality of person, people that don't look as at truck driving as the job of last resort, uh, but also it will increase the quantity of people interested as more and more people now, young people are looking towards the trades uh, as opposed to you know, a Bachelor of Arts degree being a ticket to a to a long term uh, occup- to a long term occupation. So we think it will, in time, help us to attract people as well as we raise the level of professionalism. But you can't be deemed to be a skilled occupation or a trade if you don't have any mandatory training requirements. So this will help to fill that hole. That's a very valid point. Uh, what would you say to those who may be considering an occupation in this industry? I would say that if you're prepared to work hard, if you're prepared to get the uh, proper training, 
then uh, it's a, it can be a very satisfying uh, long-term career. The pay's not bad. Uh, it's uh, you know a long-distance uh, truck driver where the shortage is is most acute. Can certainly make in a in a range depending on the routes and again how much they want to work in the sixty to eighty thousand dollar a year range, which isn't bad money. Some might argue it needs to be more given the uh, lifestyle commitment and and that sort of thing. And uh, you know the market will eventually look after that stuff. But it is a place where you could get a job for life. But you've got to be committed to it and you've got to be good at it because everybody's safety depends on it long distance drivers the most needed you said yeah absolutely the uh, you know the guys that have to spend uh, most of the more time away from home crossing borders mm. that sort of stuff those lifestyle choices are, are difficult for a lot of people these days it seems particularly with millennials and uh, we've got a job to do to try to address that while still maintaining the service levels that have made the industry the predominant freight transportation mode. But technology is certainly helping us in that regard in terms of being able to better utilize the resource, try to plan trips so that uh, guys can get home more often, uh, looking at non-traditional sources of, of labor, women, for example, moving towards uh, automatic transmissions, which don't require the same uh, level of effort in terms of switching gears, all of those sorts of things. So we've got a real uh, a challenge ahead of us. Uh, nationally, the industry is facing a shortage of 48,000 drivers by 2024, but in that is an opportunity for someone as well. How important is it that these regulations are common right across uh, state or provincial lines? What is the chance of that happening? Is, is, there, is there much appetite for that? Well, I think I think the appetite is growing. As I indicated, we're sensing more interest from uh, the other provinces, and uh, the U.S. is moving towards some sort of mandatory training regime. I think it's going to take them some some more time. I'm not sure their industry is where uh, the industry in Canada is at yet, which which supports mandatory entry level training. Uh, so it'll take some time. It's Canada. Anytime you want to change things, it seems like it's uh, go, you have to go to mm. a constitutional convention. <laughs> but safety knows uh, no boundaries, and uh, as a result, uh, I think that uh, just as we've seen with other measures, once it starts somewhere and is proven to work, others will come on board. Do you think this will put an end to licensing mills, Dave? I do think so. Uh, you know, there's with any new program, it'll take uh, some time to iron things out, and I'm sure people will try certain things on for size, but... I really do think so, and it now gives the mechanism to regulate those entities that weren't regulated before. And, you know, I've talked to some of even the what we would call the license mills, and they're saying they're looking forward to this because they're having to compete with guys that are cutting prices all the time and, mm. and offering less and less. So I'm hoping the market is now going gradu- to gravitate in a different direction. And it's not like there isn't lots of demand. I mean, you know, if there's a shortage of drivers and drivers are needed, I mean, there's certainly enough for everybody, is there not? Well, one would think so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. David Bradley, uh, David Bradley has been with us. David is the CEO of the Ontario Trucking Association, talking about changes to uh, entry-level truck drivers and training that they receive in Ontario. David, thanks very much for the time and insight. Much appreciated. Thank you, Scott. Take care.